I'm re- are you ready to like blow the lid off podcasting today? Because I am. Hello, welcome to Show Me Your Mic. This is the podcast where I talk to other podcasters about their podcasts. And uh, for this episode, I've got a special guest. More about him in a second. This episode is sponsored by Campaign Monitor, which you can find at campaignmonitor.com. We'll talk a little bit more about them later on in the show. Yes, so for this episode, I've got uh, Dan Benjamin joining me. He of Mr. of the 5x5.tv empire with thousands and thousands of employees scattered across the globe bringing you podcasts. No, that's not actually true. Luckily for Dan, or not luckily for Dan, luckily for me, Dan was recording this show because I had the nightmare of all nightmares for podcasters where my computer that I record with, uh, hook up to my mixer and all that kind of stuff, was just not able to get it together in time to record the show. And so luckily he had he was recording his end. We had a conversation, but for some reason my audio came out a little compressor gain heavy um, I'm thinking maybe my Skype volume going out to him was loud or something. But um, anyways, I apologize for any audio nerds who are listening and thinking that doesn't sound like Chris usually, or that doesn't sound like, say, 5x5's usual audio quality. It was uh, my issue. Um, so using his backup, luckily we had a show to present to you today. So conversation with Dan coming right up all over the place uh, as far as gear to... Uh, mindfulness to technology to running podcast empires to Patreon and just about everything in between. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thanks for listening. See you on the other side. Uh, well, if there is anybody who I would uh, trust to actually be recording it when my computer decides to poop the bed. I think that's how Merlin says it. Um, it would be, it would have to be you, Dan. So at yeah. least, at least I know you've got my back. Yeah, yeah, and, and probably sound better than mine. All right, listen well, to how. Uh, what are you going? I just, I don't know if you want to do the save this for the show, but like, what hardware are you on? Because you're, uh, you get a nice bountiful gain, and you're, you've got a huge low end, and I'm sure you've been told that, and uh, you've got. Uh, You've got uh, a lot of oh, compression. Is... The most compression I've ever heard. Really? No, I'm not critic. It's not. This is not criticism. I'm just asking. I'm curious because most no, people that's they. What I, I was going to say. I should. Um, this is a show. This can be the show. I'll, I'm, right. I'm rushing. It's your show. Whatever you it's weird not staring at a logic thing going across. That's what's making me nervous. So no, it would make me very nervous because <laughs> uh, I'm watching mine right now like a hawk. I know. I, I know you do all the time in between comics. Um, Okay, so I've got, I'm talking into the Heil PR40, the Dan Benjamin approved nice. Heil PR40 on the uh, the Mac, or the Heil bouncy cage thing. What's that called? The Shock I'm mount. A, shock mount. Bouncy into cage Heil thing. PL 2T <laughs> boom arm. Yeah. Secured to the Heil. <laughs> Heil, it doesn't sponsor the show. Uh, Heil. Um, they don't sponsor, they don't have to. Yes. I know, that's. We, we should stop shilling for it. We should just, we should uh, redact the word Heil every time. It's mentioned anywhere in podcasting, so then they have to pay to get it unredacted. Uh, the Heil desk mount thing, I just screwed it into the desk yesterday, actually, in, in anticipation of our conversation. Nice. Because uh, it was on a flimsy, you know, the you know the clamp one that comes with the, the boom? Yeah, we've got one of those in our temporary desk right now, yeah. Yeah, so the clamp one was hanging on by a thread because I kind of just 
threw in there quickly because I was excited about the mic, whatever, two years ago and borderline about to fall onto my desk. So I decided to clamp it down. I didn't want that to fail. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I forgot to check on Onyx today, but I got the mic stand going. So anyways, that goes into through a cable. Uh, you might be familiar with the XLR style cables. Goes through that to the Mackie mixer. The Dan Benjamin was a Dan Benjamin approved. I find out now, not not as much. Well, we had it's, we had problems. Years. We had problems with that, Chris. How so? Uh, well, so we would periodically, and that's a Firewire mixer. Nothing wrong with that. But we would periodically get uh, a buzzing that would not be audible through the microphone through the uh, through the headphones. Rather, you wouldn't hear it. So if, if you're sitting yeah. there recording, you think everything is going fine and it doesn't show up in logic either uh, necessarily. But when you would play it back, there'd be this buzzing that was very distracting and loud and unpleasant. And it would essentially kind of static, right? Yeah. Sort of, and yeah. it would ru ruin the show. And it, this happened after this happened twice. We, of course, we have a backup recording uh, going. So we our, our bacon would be saved, as they say in Canada. But we <laughs> uh, we would. Um, we would have a show, but of course we wouldn't be able to EQ the individual tracks. We wouldn't be able to do any of the nice stuff that we do. And I don't know that the audience necessarily noticed, but we definitely did in our production process was screwed up. And this, after this happened like five or six times, I said, man, this has got to be a known thing, but there were no driver updates. There was no firmware update. There was nothing that seemed to address it. The Mackie folks themselves didn't really have any answers. Uh, so that's, that's about the time that, uh, I so I temporarily switched over to the Mbox Pro, which we usually have uh, doing other things, while I researched options. And Jim Dalrymple turned me on to the Apollo uh, line of stuff from Universal Audio, and that's what we upgraded to. There's nothing inherently wrong with the Mackie, and I don't know if anybody else experiences this. We're talking, of course, about the Mackie Onyx, also Onyx uh, 1620i in our case. Uh, having these issues. So it could have been a faulty thing. It could have been fried when we plugged it in wrong years ago. Who knows? But um, it was enough. And also, you know, I really like having the the digital interface of the Apollo so that I can adjust things, you know, on, on screen, a remote to that machine and do it. It's less hardware on the desk, uh, that kind of thing. So that's what we're yeah, doing well, today. The, uh, the Mackie thing is definitely a, a known uh issue because i i've tweeted out about it occasionally because it happened to me and now that we've mentioned it now that onyx is messing with my imac i'll probably start having it again there's my imac rebooting in case you didn't hear that um but i tweeted that i know ryan ireland of uh um, austin fame he has the same similar issues with some of his screencasting every so often in ScreenFlow. so i knew it wasn't like a logic thing it's some mac mackie interface driver yeah or yeah it's it's the marriage of the mac and the mackie together i think and it had yeah. i mean it makes sense that it would be a driver kind of an issue but there are no if i'm remembering right there are no drivers for the mackie it just uses the built-in mac right. uh, core audio stuff so it just works it just works so who knows yeah who knows where that's going to be um uh, i don't know but that's why we, yeah. we wound up abandoning it so i have one of those just sitting uh sitting on our shelf i should probably you know, Craigslist it or, uh, yeah, you should like autograph it, sell it off to devalue it. <laughs> you know, that's what happens you, you if Stan, any, if Stan Lee stickers? signs a comic book that you like, uh, you, he devalues the, you know, you just walk right. up to Stanley and hand him a comic book. It's cut in values cut in half. If he signs it, <laughs> do you, uh, uh, do you put stickers on your gear at all? Or is it like pristine gear? You don't touch, you don't do any of that kind of like, sort of like with your max, you know, people put stickers on them and 
on the back. Do you do any of that kind of stuff? I have I have a couple like uh, conference stickers that I put on my Mackie mixer here just because I didn't know where else to put them here. Uh, not really. It's not, I, I'm not, I am absolutely not one of these people who tries to keep their stuff pristine. I think that's a joke. Um, I, I think people who do that have, uh, too much time on their hands. That doesn't mean I don't try to keep something in good condition, but like I buy things to use them. Like I'm not, you know, I, my, my car might get a flat tire, uh, and and if it does, you know what? You fix the tire. Like that's the way that it happens. So I'm not one of these people who's constantly polishing their equipment. Um, we we have stuff here that's that's road tested stuff that's meant to be used. That said, I don't really put stickers on it. The exception to that is I label things. So like you know, we have a monitor connected to the KVM switch that has a KVM one sticker on it. You know, we've got an editing machine that's that's different from the video editing machine. So they get labeled. And and I definitely will because we have some of these awful, uh, you know, like Acer and Asus like uh, screens. So I'll definitely put like an Apple logo sticker on those things. But <laughs> that's about it. Like I don't I don't really decorate stuff uh, other other than that. Right. Well, you have uh, staff folks. You have a, as we've heard many times, large Huge. swaths of people. That's right. Dozens and dozens of people it. apparently work here. Yeah. We'll get into that later. So anyways, continuing down my audio chain, because this is about me now, I guess. The, so that goes into the Mackie mixer, which we've acknowledged has issues occasionally. Knock on wood or whatever, that mine won't now. But then I don't have, I still haven't done the uh, compressor. I don't have the compressor thing. The the 286S, I think, is the Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, and uh, so I haven't done that yet. That's on the Christmas wish list, honey, if you're listening. Um, and then, <laughs> What did you call me? <laughs> You know what I call you. The so, but then all the stuff I'm doing that you're hearing right now, right, is just on the board that uh-huh. I've set up. And I still, you know what I we you 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 bugged me last time we talked about uh, pop filters. Yes, I, I didn't get it in time. But uh, Jordan Cooper of Five by Five Fame and uh, Tech Douchebag Show Fame uh, is shipping me a, his old pop filter. I guess he doesn't need it, so I'll 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 boil that in the water. A guy like him doesn't sure need pretty, a pop filter. Yeah, he just louder than anything a pop filter is going to do. You know what so, I mean? A guy like him, he's 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 too good for a pop filter. Right. <laughs> I thought I was too good, but I know better now. I yeah. I went I went through the same thing. Yeah. Well, that's, I was that's back to back in the day, back when you used to be Dan Benjamin. I this was the gear that I've bought, you know, to model myself after what you use and you didn't use a pop filter. I saw you on that show with um, Mr. Right stuff, Anthony Stoffer. Yeah, at that time I, I took it off. I said, "Screw it, I don't need that." But then uh, that yeah. only lasted for a little a little while, okay. and I found out that actually I did I did need it. All right. So next time we chat in a year or two, I'll I'll try and have <laughs> the a pop filter. filter. The one that you're talking about can only be purchased from uh, from one place, and that's BSW. URL yeah. is BSW USA, and they have just come out now. Uh, Hattie claims that she saw a video of Leo Laporte with the black pop filter the black version of this pop filter on his and uh and and she was able to find it and show me look and i said whoa because i've never seen that on bsw and uh before like i've always always would have preferred a black one because all the hardware we have is black the boom is black the shock mounts we don't use the heil shock mounts i mean, we i should say we have some uh but we don't uh, we don't use them very. We don't use them as much. We just use the RE20 
style shock mount, which is actually the Electro Voice Model 309A shock mount that's designed for an RE20 or RE27, but the Heil is designed to fit into all of the RE20 uh, style uh, stuff to make it an easy swap out. That's the one way that's called disruption. It's called <laughs> industry disruption. Uh, but, and, and Hattie just leaned over and showed me a picture of Leo with the black pop filter. So apparently either they customized it, which I doubt, or they've had one for a while. So now I, I all I, I want to swap out every single one of these. So, you know, if, if anyone's in the market for a silver uh, uh, RE pop filter, let me know. Right. With, because I came on this show to sell my old stuff. If you want an old Mackie, if you want some pop is, uh, filters we've used, I think I have an old EBA pair of podcast. shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, limited edition Dan Benjamin spit on pop filter. <laughs> right. Oh, we Clorox so everything. To you. We could, yeah, yeah we sure. Clorox everything. I didn't know if you wanted uh, the soundboard on this or not. I, ha- I have it ready to go if, if you should. Well, I think, I think we should, we'll hold off on the soundboard. It, it it uh, disrupted our last show, I think. Yeah, got, I think got so. In the way. Or, it's here. It's alive. It's ready okay. in case you want to invoke it. Are you still using the soundboard app from Ambrosia? Is that, <sighs> the, that one? Please, listen. I was going to... You know what? You're reminding me to tweet about this because I'm going to tweet about this uh, soundboard. I'm making a little note. I... This... Yes, I am using the Ambrosia soundboard because it is currently the best one out there. And I'll tell you what, uh, the sound, the only reason that I want to use it is because it's the only one out there that lets you attenuate the volume of the sounds on a per sound and also a global level. It's the only thing out there that lets you do that. But the rest of the interface is just, it's garbage. Right. It's the worst. That's what I, I've picked it up in the meantime, in the, since then for some of the shows we do here and, and everybody gets annoyed when I use it, but I still use it because it's, it's my show or whatever. But it is frustrating how... I would love it. Here's a tip for somebody making, if you want to make a new soundboard app for podcasting is I want to be able to put all the, the you know, the random clips you take outtakes or whatever, all that kind of stuff that you, uh, I haven't looked sexy since I was six, like that kind of stuff, right? right. Just random quotes from shows you do. I don't want to throw it in a Dropbox, Dropbox folder because we share it here on good stuff with each <laughs> other just for fun. All right. And then I want that app to watch that folder and just as new files get added, automatically put it into that, playlist or whatever yeah just drop it so uh, here's what i'll do i will i will make a commitment to you okay i will build the app that you want because it's the same thing that we need i will build it and i'll let you beta test it and aaron dowd is messaging me to say that he says hi and that you sound really good and i think he has a crush (laughs) oh thanks aaron another austinite right no gosh if he was an austinite he'd be in 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 our studio he refuses to move here move there stubborn sob that's why like you've offered him six figures and he still won't. I, I wouldn't say six figures, but I'm, I offered him a job and said, come <laughs> and, and hang out and run our stuff here. And he's like, yeah. I like playing in a band and I really like Fort Worth and I don't want to go into an office or buy anything that's been processed or process anything that's been bought or sell anything that's been bought or processed. Anyway. Your Aaron Dowd has improved. That's, that's, I know. I that's, well, that's what he sounds like. talked to me, sounded different, but. Yeah. So what do I what do I do? I have the EQ thing going here. I've got the you know the, the EQ high, the mid, the low, the extra low, <laughs> and they're kind of like you know mid range ish. The the highest one is a, a little bit higher, and the send me the a picture. Ones. <laughs> it, I feel like you're adding a lot of a, you're adding a lot of bass. I like it. I like your maybe your voice is just that. 
you're that bassy, or maybe you're really voice, close yeah. to the mic or something. Yeah, and that's where the pop filter will help, right? It'll keep me my mic. Uh, it'll keep my you, mic Yeah, it'll keep you back. Spitting. Um, is this show? This is oh, definitely. I like it. As long as you're recording, it's the show. Yeah, I'm, rec <laughs> I'm recording everything. <laughs> um, and then the thing, so the, the going back to the 286S, this is the Heil PR40 show, I guess. The 286S would help because then I wouldn't have to have the gain cranked to 99% on my board, right? Which doesn't leave me much, much room to play with. That's what I'm finding. Is that, is they, that call the that, they call that headroom. Right. You always want to have a little headroom. Technical verbs, but headworm. Yeah, so that, that would help, obviously, right? That's what one of the benefits of having a compressor like the 286S in front of your mic before the mixer yeah correct yeah okay okay see, see the way that i feel about it is and this is the thing people are always and i i'm, I'm working on this for the handbook uh podcasting handbook.co which right now just has the like the um equipment i like which is always i'm always trying to update it i need to go through and do another update because i found a bunch more mics i'm actually testing going to be testing some mics i'm going to be getting uh one, two, three, four, five different mics to to test uh, here in the studio, uh, nice. and and do recordings and stuff, and put them up on the site so that I'll essentially I'll record all of them simultaneously, me talking into them simultaneously, and uh, and and we'll get Hattie in front of it so that you have the you know um, completely different voice to hear how the mics pick up different voices and things. And we're trying to be comprehensive, Chris. Right. But uh, yeah, well, I believe that that you know people always think that uh that it's the content that's important and content is very very important but if you're not you know if the if the quality doesn't sound good uh you know if it's not at the best that you can do then then you know people there are still some people who will say it didn't sound good and, and the, you'll lose them as a listener so uh the preamp most people will skip the preamp entirely as you're doing as we did for a long time uh and and rely on the preamp from the board uh but to me the the apollo which has wonderful post-processing dsp stuff built into it google it uh i feel that their preamps are it, what what we would call in the business a bit sterile uh you want a preamp that's going to not add but maintain the warmth of the human voice as best as possible. Um, Joe Meek makes a, a very affordable uh, preamp compressor that you put that you can put in between the microphone and the mixer or the board. Uh, at, but my favorite is the uh, DBX two eighty six S. This is if you were to walk into most major recording studios, radio stations, and things like that, you'd find these. They're the workhorse preamp inline compressors in in the business there are much much better ones and if you were go to go to like a recording studio where you were doing a national geographic voiceover with morgan freeman or you know a, a really great like rock and roll recording studio you know where, where you're doing music and things like that you'll find much much better equipment uh much higher end stuff but in in the sort of low end uh the low end space uh, where, you know, we're mixing this stuff down to a 64K mono audio file, MP3. You know, mm -hmm. there there's not a tremendous amount of space for really, really high-end audio recording. Very different from what you would hear 
in, you know, even a, a high quality download from iTunes. You know, there's there's a great deal of difference there. That said, we still want to, it's even more important maybe to have a really good inbound recording, a, you know, a, a live recording. But, you know, the, I can't I can't justify spending more than $200 uh, on, a, on, a, on a preamp, keeping in mind that we've got eight of them in service. So, you know, four remote guests, four internal mics, you know, that's, that's a lot of money to spend on, on preamping people. So I understand why people will leave that out. But if you're sitting there thinking, man, I can't get enough gain into this mic that I've got, or I really want, I really want, it doesn't sound like me, you know, or it doesn't sound natural or it doesn't sound warm. Look, look into getting a really good preamp. And people are like, preamp i have a usb mic what where do i put that well yes you don't you've got to do that with the xlr mic like chris has or like i have um the usb yeah, it's that mics don't next have it. level like what what do you you say uh on your podcasting handbook the ex, not extravagant but professional level professional right level. would be something yeah. like that so and the apollo that you you keep referencing is the universal audio apollo dual core uh, thingy for yeah two it's grand. the it's yeah it's like two thousand bucks i think is the technical term they only make the thunderbolt yeah. version they've discontinued the firewire version which i see as a, a a good thing if you if you have a modern mac right if you're running a 2007 imac such as uh someone like me then you just get the little adapter or you get a better computer before you buy the <laughs> yeah mixer yeah Hey folks, I just want to interject for a second to thank our sponsor for this episode, uh, Campaign Monitor, which you can find at campaignmonitor.com. They've been a great supporter of goodstuff.fm since our, our beginnings and uh, continue to support us to this day. And we use their service all the time for sending out the Good Stuff newsletter, which I help write, which you can sign up for at goodstuff.fm slash newsletter. See the examples of their great template builder they call Canvas, uh, which I use for each, ep- each issue of the newsletter. Send it out. Uh, using a different template each time. Canvas.cm is where you can see that template builder in action. See how quickly you can get up and going with your own email newsletter for yourself or for clients potentially if you want to use it that route. Uh, It's a great service, great company, and we love them a lot and thank them for supporting good stuff. Now, back to the show. The Skype box that you mentioned, I was, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about. That's, you know, going back many years now, everybody's heard about using a Skype box, a separate computer to bring in all these live callers and things that you do. Are you still, what are you using for gear there? You, you're still using the Mac Mini and, and that kind of thing, or is there something different you've switched to? No, we still use the Mac Minis. When I first started, I didn't have enough money to buy a second computer that was a Mac. Um, I just had my one main computer. And, and so just to be clear, the, what we're talking about is uh, if you record, if you just record a Skype call, that's good enough for, for most, what most people are doing. If you're doing an interview and you want to just record your end and then the other person's end, uh, you can do that. There's a Skype call recorder is the software right. people like, and then that, that can, ex- it saves it as an MOV file that you can then split out into your end and their end. And then you have two files, which you can then edit. That's that's pretty good. Uh, it's much better than recording like a Google Hangout or recording a a, a Skype like a Skype conference call. Th- those that but you know that works if you're very early on and you don't want to spend any money. That that will work. Um, the problem with that and what we do is uh, we we want to record each in each guest that we bring in individually on their own track so that we can do whatever post-processing is necessary for 
their audio to make it sound amazing. And like probably the biggest compliment that I can get or that we as a huge empire company, you know, <laughs> swaths of people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that we can get as a company. And, and we see this in every single time, like it makes me want to like run around the room uh, saying thank you is we'll get a compliment uh, saying, wow, a five by five really sets the bar with audio. I mean, it, thank you for everyone who's ever felt that way. The reason that, that we have good audio is because I've made so many dumb mistakes with a bad audio and I've learned from them and, uh, and I've figured out uh, that the answer is spending money. So I've spent a lot of money in <laughs> buying equipment to make everybody sound as good as they possibly can. And then we have someone like Aaron that we mentioned uh, or Mark Miles or before them, Jim Metzendorf editing the audio. Uh, so, in other words, a professional audio person who specializes in making people sound great uh, to edit the audio. I used to do it myself and and I got fairly good at it, but there were still people who are so much better than me and so much faster than me and know all the tricks that, uh, that you know, you wind up hiring somebody like that and you're like, wow, I'm done recording and I can walk away and do something else or record another show or sell an ad or whatever. Uh, and, and yeah, I'm paying someone to do it, but they're doing it better and faster than I ever could. So, um, the, the way that, the way that we do it is we want to record each person on their own Skype machine. Uh, and yes, there are ways to have multiple people going into one machine and run multiple instances of Skype. That's possible. The other way to do it is to find people who are selling uh, Mac minis, uh, that are used and buy yourself a used Mac mini. It doesn't need to be a brand new one. It doesn't need to be very special or very fast if all you're doing is running Skype. And then it, you get each person, each Skype guest, each person that's coming into your show uh, has their own Skype machine. And each of these plugs into eventually into your board and you send a signal back to them that includes everybody else's audio, but not theirs. This is called minus mix or mix minus, depending on who you ask. And that then they don't hear an echo of themselves, but they hear everybody else. So they hear all the other guests and the hosts. Uh, so that this makes it possible to have everybody recorded individually. All of those things go into the board. The board goes into a machine running Logic. Logic records them all as separate tracks. And then you've got it. You're recording everybody's end. You can do anything that you want to their audio individually. So let's say that uh, guest number one is a little far away from their mic. They need a bit of a volume boost. They need major EQing. And guest number two just sounds perfect the way they are. Guest number three needs compression because they're loud and then quiet. You can do all of that individually. And, and you can even come up with presets for, for different guests. So we've got a, you know, a Jim Dalrymple preset. We've got our presets for the different people in here. And, and, uh, and it, it, it streamlines the editing process tremendously. Uh, but I actually go a step further and I have each of, each of the people that's coming in from the Skype machine, each of those Mac minis goes into one of those preamps, the DBX286S that I talked about, before they go into the board. So they're actually getting, they're getting inline compression. They're getting inline preamp. They're getting that warmth that it would be lost. And uh, the other reason that we do that is... Uh, and anyone who's in like live audio recording will tell you that you want the best possible signal coming in. The less work you have to do to someone's voice, the less stuff you have to do in post, uh, the better they're going to sound and the, the more time you'll save so that you can really streamline everything. And and that's another thing. We're basically live to tape for the stuff that you hear on, on our network, especially the stuff that we record here. It's live to tape. We're not... Um, we're not editing for content, really. We're not taking, oh, well, this part of the interview I want over here and this part it le leads to this, so I'll move it back. We're 
we're you know what you hear is what you get now if we we edit out skype drops and we we edit out you know if someone curses we might beep it but we're not we're not changing you know what what you hear is what was said pretty much exactly the way that it happened and the audio quality is is the same what you hear on your end we just we do v- as little as possible uh, to the audio afterwards but that that's all because we get such a good signal and people are thinking man I don't want to do all that to record a podcast well you don't have to but if you record 30 podcasts a week you, you might want to look into doing that and even if you're serious about podcasting and you do one or two three shows even or you just do one show and you want to make it the best invest in getting an extra Mac or two once you make some money yeah exactly that's what I say That's a, that is exactly what you say so that was the 10 minutes on the gear that you're, <laughs> that was a good, good overview of yeah. bringing in audio, which I think every, every podcaster, like, well, not every, I guess, but lots of podcasters strive to have that, but I know it's tough to get the, the dollars to buy the gear and get going. And so, like you said, you start out with what you have and you work your way up, you get a few sponsors maybe, or you get some money from grandma or whatever, and helps sort of slowly build this thing out. Cause we didn't like, hopefully people have recognized like, um, from way back when you started, you didn't start with all this stuff in place and you, you know, it's easy to look at you, what you're running now and think I'll never get to that. Cause there's so much stuff there, but yeah, you, you can work your way up, I think is, um, and, and that's one of the, uh, the funny sort of dichotomies, I guess, of podcasting these days is there's sort of a maxim or a, a, a saying for every scenario, like audio doesn't matter. You need great content. But then for the folks who have great content say audio is very important. And if you don't have that and you can kind of go back and forth and, and then end up doing nothing or just put out your show and see what happens and get started. I think that's, to me, that's the, that's where I see a lot of podcasters kind of stop is, or people who want to podcast get stuck on is the equipment. And it's very important, but if you're not actually doing anything at all, you're kind of you're, it's yeah, you're stuck. You're not doing anything. You're not really doing anything at all. And so why don't you at least record a show, record a conversation? Maybe you don't even, you're not even very good at doing an interview. And mm-hmm. so you should be doing an interview show. Like maybe you're listening to this and you think Chris shouldn't be doing an interview show. Well, we do other shows. This isn't the only thing I do, but, um, so maybe, and you'll change your format, but in the meantime, rather than spending months stressing and fiddling with gear, you still haven't recorded a show. So get a show recorded, I guess, is what I'm saying. No, I think that's great advice. Just go and, and, and do it there. You know, it's it's a whole concept of procrastination. You know, well, I would do this thing, but uh, I don't yes. I can't yeah. because I don't have this. So I got to get that. But I don't have, I need this other thing and, you know, just record something. Yeah. Yeah. I have some, uh, there's some questions from, from Twitter. We got, uh, we tweeted out, you retweeted the the, the news right. you were coming on this show. Yeah. Big news. So um, first question, which I think is is apropos given we were just talking about you know, the procrastination stuff is, is this was an honest question that came in is what's Merlin Mann really like, Dan Benjamin? Uh, he's exactly like he sounds on the air. There is no, I've ne- no, no difference when I've seen him privately. Um, you know, I mean, we, we don't sit around necessarily and talk about like PDF scan plus when we're not <laughs> on the air doing a spot you know what i mean like he's yeah. he's he's focused on a productivity topic or a you know talking about our kids or talking about a comics or what you know whatever we talk about like there's a, a wider variety of topics that we talk about i think than we would on the air uh when we're just hanging out which isn't very often unfortunately but he's the same he's um that's you know he's he's very much just like he is 
uh, when you hear him on the shows. He's just that passionate and and, and interested and uh, thoughtful mm-hmm. as and as you hear him on you know on on our show. Yeah, I had the pleasure last actually about a year ago of driving Merlin home from the bar, which isn't a, anything more than what it sounds like. But uh, he is uh, just a nice. He's an intense guy as as he sounds. High, he sounds he's like. high energy. Yeah, but he's he's a great conversationalist. That's, well, which he's makes him a great podcaster. Yeah, it does, and he's one of those people who can really talk about so many different things, and he ha- he can somehow get to the core of the issue or the topic in in a very surprising way, even when it's something that he doesn't necessarily have mastery over. You know what I mean? He can see through mm-hmm. the, the, the weeds and the details and get to the core of the thing because I think somehow inherently he's got a lock on, uh, on, on how people work. And yeah. I think that's what makes him special is he, he really gets people. I don't, I can't, you know, I can't speak to, to what goes on in, in his head. I don't know if he even knows why he gets people as well as he does, but he really understands people. And it's, uh, there's very few, very few folks who do. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Mrs. Flinger on Twitter. Flinger. Uh, Flinger yeah. says, I uh, love hearing about his mindfulness and tech connection. Would love to know more about the balance. Is that a... I don't know exactly what that might mean, but just um, Ms. the balance of life and tech or. Yeah, I don't know. Is it Miss Flinger or Mrs. Flinger? I think that's an important <laughs> distinction we <laughs> need to. Mrs. Flinger. Mrs. Maybe. All right. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, she is referring to my uh, mindfulness practice, which is a uh, kind of Buddhist meditation uh, oh, right. Yeah, of course. V- Vipassana is the name of it. Insight meditation, mindfulness meditation are all essentially in the same kind of uh, referred to interchangeably. There are subtle differences. Um, and I started a, a mindfulness meditation practice. Gosh, a, a long I can't even remember when it when it was. It was a long time ago, um, many, many years ago, because I was dealing with uh, so much of what I guess would be clinically termed um generalized anxiety disorder uh where which is a way of saying you feel anxious and stressed out and miserable all the time so i think a lot of us in the tech world and in the world at large go through this at varying times or various the varying levels um but um i was yeah i don't i mean i don't want to go through the whole thing here but uh that's why i started it and it was tremendously helpful in kind of helping me sort of focus and center and realize uh, so many things about myself as a person. And I kind of have, there's sort of two, if you're familiar with uh, Zen and the Art of, art of Motorcycle Maintenance, um, and this is not a Zen practice, by the way, but if you're familiar with that book, uh, the the guy in the book, the, the character who is the narrator of the book, um, has a sort of he he had some form of severe mental breakdown in the book. So there's this uh, before I went through that 
person and after I went through that person. So it's almost like he's been two different people in his life that shared a lot of things in common. And he remembers everything that happened in this earlier thing, but he went through this tremendous change and he named, he has a name for the person that he was before the change and after the change. So, you know, if you start a meditation practice, it's almost like that. If you get really serious about it and really devote yourself to it, like I did for, for a few years of hardcore meditation where it was like a central thing in my life. Um, and there's people who like knew me before that and people who knew me after it. And it's like, the, you know, I was told, oh, well, you're really different. What happened to you? Uh, it can it can have a dramatic effect on your life. Uh, but for me, I just, you know, I remember back before I had kids, right? So this is seven years ago. I had this great meditation practice every morning, 45 <laughs> to 60 minutes. Like, dude, you're, you know, you're, what do you mean you don't, you, you fell off the cushion, as they say in meditation circles, you stopped meditating. Why? You know, just make time for it. Oh, well, my life got busy. Too busy to meditate. That means you need to meditate. Well, <laughs> the reality is, um, you know, having kids and and uh, running your own business and doing all of these things, all of the things that would make it pretty much mandatory for you to meditate uh, are the same things that make it almost impossible sometimes to to meditate. You know, when your kids wake up at 6 a.m. and you've got to get them to school an hour later and, you know, you're working until 7 p.m. at night and you just want to come home and put your kids to bed and you don't wind up eating dinner till nine. And when you wake up in the morning, you're like, rolling out of bed into the shower while you're drinking coffee and trying to shave, you know, these, these things can be a real challenge. So I don't, I don't have as great of a practice as I used to, and I wish I did. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it, it's one of those things that really can help you. I found the biggest impact it had for me was that feeling of being uh, not, I I don't want to say calm, but of being centered and a decision-making and learning to trust your own, um, your own process of mind, your own thinking process, being able to know that when someone does something or says something to you, uh, that that you have a choice on how to respond to that. Maybe you can feel angry without getting caught by that emotion or feel love without getting caught by that emotion or whatever things you encounter in the day, there's just a little extra second there that lets you say, oh, right. I'm feeling frustrated or I'm feeling angry. And you realize that there's a choice in between feeling that emotion and having a reaction or being caught by it. So that's very useful. And also, and this is going to sound really weird to people who don't meditate, meditate, but uh, (laughs) there's a, uh, there's a, an insight or wisdom that exists inside of everybody that you can sort of tap into So you kind of know, there's a sense of knowing an answer to something, not like a tough math problem, but you're in a situation and you need to make a decision. There's this sort of sense of wisdom that I guess people would say my gut instinct or whatever, but there you tap into that in a more deep and meaningful way. So I don't know if that answers the question about balance because I don't feel like my life is balanced in any way right now, uh, but uh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, and that's I, I'm curious. The I'll oh, well, skip over a couple of questions here that, from folks, just in the interest of time. But um, is part of that like that the stress, I guess, and the just life stuff that's you mentioned, kids, but also as five to five, five to five, five by five mm-hmm. grew, and you're dealing with you know it wasn't just you and in your 
little basement office or wherever you happen to be doing this podcasting thing. Now it's like there's response, there's people who are you're responsible to, like whether it's co-hosts or, or your swaths of staff, right. you know, that you bring on. Is that part of the, the stuff or is this, that all, that all happened post, uh, calm Dan. If, oh, if was no just, way. If post, arrived. post, I became calm. This is, this is calm Dan, by the way, imagine it before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, calm Dan was maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, every, uh, be, yeah. Everyone sort of knows Calm Dan. <laughs> I love that. That's how I should be known. This is this is Calm Dan. Go look at my Twitter <laughs> avatar. This is Calm Dan. No, what what's calm now? What's calm now is the inner the uh, the voices. No, the inner voice. The inner. Yeah. You know how like how you sit there right now, and there's this little voice in your head that's you talking to yourself, saying, "Oh yeah, and I got to remember, I got to do that thing, and as soon as I get out of here, I got I forgot to turn the lights off over there, and then oh crap, I, I got to send that email to this person, and oh man, that was so dumb what you said to that person at the checkout register the other day, and they were looking at you, and you thought that they were looking at your hairline, but they probably weren't even looking at anything, and, and then you forgot that that." That's kind of goes away most of the time when you meditate. You you become aware of that inner voice, that inner thinking, and that kind of calm goes away, and it allows you to be more focused on 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 your day. Right. But I still have high energy, so it's a lot of coffee involved in that for me. Right. You take away one 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 thing and, and supplement. Right. My right. inner voice is now a coffee uh, pot talking coffee. to me. <laughs> Uh, you have to run shortly here for the the program, right? The, the, yeah, the, you're recording an episode of uh, Back to Work with uh, with Merlin Mann. I hear that's a popular show, so um, I, I want to respect that time. The the one cup I had a bunch of stuff here, but we'll have to have you back another time to chat again next year. Maybe I'll come back every week. Sooner. I don't care. Okay, we can do a special. Uh, the 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 Patreon thing, the five by fives on the Patreons. Um, this is something that you like, sort of the idea of listener donated money to support this business that Dan runs and some that uh, one person on Twitter asked about, you know, how do you advertisers feel about the $10,000 goal that you have on five by five, which is to reduce a bit of sponsorship right, right. In, in the effort, effort of doing it yourself and um, speak for a minute, I guess, why you decided to go that route. It's something I'm familiar with. I, I run a Patreon campaign as well, just to, it's, I think, I think it's neat. I've gone on about it. People who've listened to me know about it, but why for you and five by five is now a good time to sort of try that model or, or look to that model i'm just yeah okay so uh when i started five by five back in 2009 uh i started it by listener or soon to be listener donations i uh i had uh, been cto of a couple companies and i was completely burnt out on that and it would you know it was destroying me and I wanted to do something else and the economy was in the dumps and I had a two-year-old child and I was the sole supporter of my family and I thought this is the perfect time to <laughs> try something that seems to have very little potential revenue uh, stream but that I knew I would love. And uh, so I went to, to the listeners of the couple shows that I had and, and the people who used to read a site I used to do called HiveLogic and I said, help me start this thing. I, I need your help. I can't do it without you. Donate some money. I'll sell some t-shirts. And people donated enough money that I had enough for like, I could buy a microphone. I could, you know, get a, a cheap PC to use as a Skype machine. And I could buy a little mixer. And it was enough to kind of kickstart because this is way before Kickstarter, right? Uh, to sort of kickstart this process for me. So 5 by 5 has always been a listener supported thing, at least in some capacity. 
Um, and, uh, and I, you know, as, as things kind of grew and I started to get some sponsors, listeners, we still have lots of supporters on uh, PayPal and there's another uh, service called Memberful that I use. But the, the reason that we kind of switched to Patreon and the reason that we're, we're being more public about the Patreon is, first of all, Patreon does something that these other services don't do. It does two, two things that they don't do. The first one is it makes l- uh, listener or, or supporter engagement much, much more direct and much easier. Uh, you get, uh, uh, you can set goals for the money you're trying to raise. You can also uh, set rewards so that, oh, well, people who donate five bucks, I'm going to do this special thing for you and I can get in touch with you easily through Patreon. It allows that interaction, that feedback, that communication that the other services don't they don't necessarily allow it in as immediate of a way, but we've always had that donate link on five by five. We just very rarely talk about it. We've always had uh, supporters who I try to thank on, on Twitter and an email. Um, but, but I don't do that enough. And Patreon it makes that easier to do, which is great. And you can release content that's just for Patreon people. So there are other services that let you do this. Um, but the reason that I've been talking about it more is just because I realized you know, first of all, I mean, anybody who's tried to do their own podcast uh, or podcast network, which in 2014 is a terrible idea, um, <laughs> almost as bad as it was in 2009. But uh, if, you know, if you if you're doing that, you know, you you find that selling ads is incredibly time consuming, incredibly challenging. And it's a very long process. You might start talking to somebody and it might take weeks uh, of back and forth emails uh, to, to close that, the deal that might be a one sponsorship of one show. Uh, and then there's tons of post work. I'm not saying we're going to get rid of sponsors. We have some really amazing sponsors. And uh, what I want to do is do more with fewer sponsors. I want to say... We want like world-class sponsors, the best ones, the ones that have the most value for our listeners, uh, the ones that have the, the best products and focus on those and, and be able to do, because here's the thing. If you came to me with a show idea today, you're just like, Dan, I want to do this, this crazy show that I have an idea for. I would love to be able to say, oh man, I know that show would be awesome and the listeners would love it, but gosh, I can't imagine who we could get to sponsor that. That happens way too often. Or we want right. to do some really cool thing where we're like, let's go to like two different Apple stores on the day of the launch and like talk to people in line and then go to the Microsoft store and see what's going on over there at the same time, you know, or talk about this ridiculous Bengate thing with real people on the street. All of this kind of stuff, like I don't I don't have the time or the money to do that. I can't hire a producer to, to help with that, you know, we just, we can't do it because we, our focus always has to be on like, you know, doing, doing shows that we know, um, will, will be hits. I want to do shows that maybe won't be hits, but that'll be great. You know? So listener support lets us do that. We want to, you know, we're upgrading to video. Like we really need help getting the camera and the switcher and other things. I, I would love to be able to hire somebody who could help out with that. Like it, there's, you know, people seem to think that we're this huge or, oh, it's, it's 11. Uh, people think that we're yep. this huge company. I have two full-time employees, including me. There's me, there's Hattie. We've got a, a part-time uh, person who helps with sales. We've got Aaron doing freelance engineering, Mark Miles helping with the engineering. Uh, I've got a, a, you know, for the development work, I've got a, a freelance guy that helps out. 
we've got a freelance designer when we need him like you know that's hourly basis stuff like we're not a huge company we're we and and hattie and i both work i get into work at 7 30 in the morning and i leave between six and seven at night i work at home i work on the weekends hattie works the same hours like we're not this huge company that people think we are we're just like people trying to do the best we can so the patreon really helps with that and people have been donating and it, it makes a huge difference so anyway that's my long answer for your short question <laughs> that's okay well that's okay that's what that's why you're here it's not just me talking um the uh i'll let you go now we got uh well like i said we'll talk again um go support dan on patreon if you are at all interested in podcasting and, and listen to any of the shows they do you should hit him up on there and support him in uh, many thousands of dollars of ways okay. and <laughs> and uh thanks dan for coming on the show i'll let you go now and uh run off to uh, to the back to works and thanks to you folks for listening Okay, so that was the interview. You can uh, thanks for putting up with a bit of the weird audio stuff. My apologies again for uh, just a bit of a mess there. It was uh, every podcaster's kind of nightmare of seeing the time coming that you're going to start recording and your computer is just dead in the water on you. Um, so thanks again to Dan for for the backup recording. Um, and I apologize to the listeners who had sent in uh, some questions through Twitter and stuff. I really appreciated that, and I didn't get to them because of just timing. I neglected to you know connect the dots on scheduling too dan's recording back to work a fairly popular program on the internet right after or within 45 minutes of starting our show so we had time crunch that we i don't normally have when i do this show and so um we'll have dan on again i'll have dan on again in a future episode and we'll get some of those questions and and you know press them a little more on other stuff who knows what podcasting stuff when maybe after he's done his uh, mic testing comparison stuff we'll have him on to talk about the results um you can follow uh, me on twitter i'm i chris on the twitter's good stuff underscore fm is the good stuff account and show me your mic show smym underscore fm on twitter as well three different accounts to follow if you want uh and of course you can visit goodstuff.fm slash smym for show me your mic to see this and many other episodes and my thanks again to Campaign Monitor for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mic and supporting good stuff. See you later.